Hi, I want to welcome you into Diving Into Deep Waters with Erin Rowling, where we don't just put our toes in or stay in the shallow end, because what's the fun in that, but where we dive into real life and use God's word to help us navigate this thing called life. Welcome, everyone. Uh, This week, I put the hamper in front of my door because the cat did not get the memo last podcast that she should not come into the room when I am recording. It was actually kind of funny because my stepmom loves cats and she called me after she listened to the podcast and said, well, she came in right when you were talking about me. So that was just, she just came to say hi to me because you were talking about me. So got a little kick out of that. I'm feeling very sophisticated right now. I got AirPods for Mother's Day and um, so I feel like a real podcaster right now. Not really, but (laughs) we'll just go with it. So uh, once again, I found myself um, being woken up by God. Um, That's just not my favorite thing, people. And I'm, I was trying, I'm trying to learn not to be a little tiffed at him (laughs) when he does that to me. And I'm trying to just embrace it. And, um, I've, I've been praying about, I pray for every podcast, like what should I say, Which, what should the topic be, where should I go, what's for in the future, what's for now, and again, I've told you before, if you ask, just be ready to receive what he has to say, and I think he was like, okay, she's asking me what the next podcast should be, let's wake her up at three o'clock in the morning, because she loves that, and um, yeah, so I compliments of, you know, the Lord's wake up call. Um, we're going to dive into the topic of insecurity. Oh, now some of you are already like, what? Why? Let's talk about something that's like, so simple and like a feel good message. Well, I, my friends, I'm not here to do feel good things, but I'm going to help you feel good through the word of God and how God sees us. But that would not be diving into deep waters, would it be, if we just stayed in the shell? And again, where's the fun in that? Uh, I preached the message on Mother's Day, probably one of my favorite messages. I've never been so pumped and excited to preach the message as I was on Mother's Day. And it was about slaying our giants. And I got a lot of messages from people who really resonated with that, especially um, I had shared Uh, that I, my giant was insecurity and how I had personally struggled with insecurity for most of my life and how it affected the way I thought and I felt and I talked about myself and that whole thing of living in that place of insecurity really led me down a path of like extreme dieting to extreme binging, um, Like when I say binge, I mean like I could put away a bag of chips in a short amount of time and could literally be like, I could eat another one. Like I could destroy a bag of chips and then be in the cupboard looking for something else because it was how I was drowning out my insecurity and the guilt. Um, If you've ever dealt with any of those things, um, 
the guilt, the waves of guilt. I mean, just think about like when you indulge in something, we often have guilt after we've eaten something, especially if we've indulged in it. And the guilt that would come afterwards would just destroy me. I would berate myself. Um, I would beat myself up mentally for engaging in that kind of behavior. And I never was the kind of person who um, like took it to the extreme of like throwing up or stuff like that. I tried that one time. I can't throw up even when I'm super sick. So that never worked for me, but I can't say I didn't try it, which is, you know, a little, it's humbling to say that because a lot of times we don't want to share those deep parts of ourself um, because whole people think of us or, but that's the reality of it. That's, that's where I was. Um, the scale was, oh, I remember one time I broke a scale because I was so mad at the numbers on it. I jumped on it with all of my might and I was like, you can't be right. This is not the right number. And just had to like then go tell my husband that I broke it. We had to buy a new one. And really, I should have just said, take this from me and don't ever let me step on this again because uh, my self-worth was so tied up into what that number said on that stupid thing. I, I'm not a fan of scales. I don't believe in them anymore. <laughs> um, but I could never look at a photo of myself and say, hey, that's one pretty lady there. Look at that chica. She's, she's hot or she's, she's got it going on. No, I'd have the exact opposite uh, reaction to a photo of myself. I would look at it and begin to point out everything about it that I didn't like. And like, I look at my hair and I have a lot of hair. Um, and when I wash it, uh, I look like a lion who stuck their finger in a light socket. That's the amount of hair I have. It's like horse hair. It's very, very, it's just interesting. <laughs> I would look at my arms and say they're flabby. I would look at my stomach and, you know, like the whole, like, <laughs> roll your <laughs> your stomach, like, into your pants. Like, when you sit down and you, like, tuck your tummy into your jeans. Like, the jeans that were low-rise were not my friend, people. Those, I don't think those are anybody's friends. Someone just told me they're trying to bring those babies back. And I'm like, uh-uh, this woman ain't wearing them. Um, I'm never a fan of my rear end. Still not a big fan of my rear end. I have this egg-shaped butt. It's weird. And I know my friends that are listening right now are cracking up because I'm always like, I have an egg-shaped butt booty. I'm fine with it now. It is what it is. Like... That's just it. I would look at my thighs and be like, they're so thick and so on and on and on and on. I would just basically pick myself apart. The only thing that I would ever look at and say, okay, that's not too bad, was my face. And I think mainly the reason why I thought my face was okay was when I was younger, I struggled, you know, from a young age of insecurity and, uh, I remember trying on clothes with a friend and being upset that they didn't fit me the way that they fit her. And we were two totally different sizes of height and everything, but I couldn't understand that that made a difference in how your body was. 
and um, her saying to me, you know, that's okay that you're a little bit bigger, you know, at least your face is pretty. And so I think for me, that was like, okay, my face is okay. My body's not, but my face is okay. And what's really interesting to me about um, insecurity is that it does start often at a very young age, which is really sad. You know, like when you're little, you think you can do anything and be anyone and you just don't care. <laughs> and I don't know what age that is that that kind of you flip the switch in your mind and you start to see yourself differently and the insecurities begin to rise up. And I even notice with my own kids, um, my 11-year-old, she's almost 5'9". I mean, she's getting tall and she's getting tall quickly. And the other night she was sitting at the table and talking about how big her thighs were. Well, if you've seen a picture of her or know her, she's got these little skinny legs and it just, it broke my heart. And it took me right back to that feeling of a kid when I was younger and the boys in my class, I was taller than all of them. They hadn't grown yet, but I did. And um, they would call me an Amazon woman and a brute. And I just remember how much that stung those words, like, because when I would look at myself in the mirror, I would see that. I would see an Amazon woman, this big girl that looked back at me in the mirror. And I always wanted to be the opposite. You know, like the grass is always greener on the other side. I always wanted to be the opposite of what I was. Um, instead of being tall, I wanted to be short. Um, Instead of being bigger boned, I wanted to be small and petite because that to me is what pretty was. Pretty was the girl who was short and tiny and little and, you know, I was the exact opposite of all of those things and always towering over people. And I still, all, most of my friends are much shorter than me and much smaller than me. And, uh, it's just funny because my friend Tammy and I, sometimes she'll get <laughs> a stare and she'll be taller than me. She goes, so this is what it feels like. This is a powerful feeling. And whenever she says it, I just can't understand it because when I was younger, I always wanted to be like her, the small, girlish, you know, short person. That's what I wanted. That's what beauty was to me. And it's just funny here. She is shorter and to her, when she gets up on that step, she feels powerful. And it's just, it's just funny how our, our minds work. Um, I'm sure as you're listening to me talk, you're thinking of your own stories of moments that you've had in your life. And maybe you're nodding your head because you can totally relate to what I'm saying. You've been there, you felt those feelings, or maybe you've, um, you know, struggled more or really like, uh, I know like insecurities like that can end people up in the hospital and eating disorders and all of those things. And, um, you know, when I was, when my girls were younger, my oldest and my youngest daughter, they both had lazy eyes and they both had surgery for it. But after my oldest daughter, especially 
um, after we went through that, I could spot a mile away a kid that had some kind of something was going on with their eyes. Now, some kids grow out of it and their eyes, you know, correct themselves and some kids have to have surgery. But I could always tell when the eye was a little off because I had experienced it. I had been through it with my own kids. And that's really how I feel about insecurity. Um, I can tell within minutes of talking to someone or when I read someone's post on Facebook or Instagram, I can tell how secure she is. I think people think they put on a front, but when you've dealt with something, especially something as big as insecurity, we can spot it a mile away because we've been there. We understand it and we we know I lived most of my life in that place so I can spot it. <laughs> and insecurity, we like I said, you think you're like hiding it. Oh, but it's loud. It displays itself all over the place. Um, it's it's funny to me. Uh, I've been working out online with uh, my coach Mandy, um, which if you're looking for an online thing, I'm gonna do a little plug, Mandy, for you right here. Uh, Mandy Hag, she's my trainer, and she's been doing online workouts, and they're awesome. But this is what I noticed. Uh, there's like sometimes 150 women on there. Like it just keeps growing. It's awesome. Mandy is just doing her thing. She's uplifting. She's encouraging. She's, you know, gives modifications. She's like great for everybody. But one thing I noticed, so so it's through Zoom. And so many people will not even turn their camera on. Even though, listen, when you're on a Zoom thing, you're like a little like person on there. <laughs> you think everyone can see you. They really can't. They won't even turn their camera on. Or I've seen this too, where people work out in the dark. Like sometimes I'll be, I'll just, someone will catch my eye and they just like pop out like real quick. Like they're there's nothing there. It's all black. And all of a sudden I'll see this face like pop into the camera for two seconds. Why? Because people are so insecure about their, they feel like they have imperfections and they don't want anybody to see them. I mean, think about it. If you, when we take pictures, okay. And I mean, like it used to be in the old days, you know, Back when I was a youngin, um, the cameras, you couldn't see the picture. Um, but now we are, we instantly have accessibility to see ourselves. And what do we do? We pull, if this, this happens every time we take a family picture, everyone grabs the camera. And they, are you looking at the whole picture? Uh, uh, no, you're not. You're zooming in on yourself to see exactly how you look. Why? Because we're worried about, are, are we sitting right? Is our hair right? Is that the right angle? I mean, let's face it, as you get older, I get it. There are better angles than other. Do you ever hear someone say when you take a picture, what's your good side? I mean, like when I do coffee mornings with my husband, I'm on my bad side, people. I prefer the other side, but I'm laying my life down for my husband and letting him have the good side of the camera because I'm that kind of wife. Some of you are chuckling going, no, you're not. But <laughs> anyways, 
But we look at the picture and then we say, I'm sorry, we got to take that again because we're not happy with it because we are not happy with what we're seeing because insecurity is raising its ugly little head and saying, that's not good enough. What we're seeing in the reflection of who we are is not good enough. And there's no way, I mean, I've heard people say, you better not post that. You better not put that anywhere, right? Because we're worried about how how we're looking. I mean, Think about when we go shopping. When we come out of that, we will not come out of the dressing room, right? Come on, you're trekking with me. Unless that outfit's looking good, right? (laughs) I've been shopping with my friends when you're like, hey, did you try that on yet? Yeah, that's a Mm no-go. Nobody's seeing me in this. No, I am not coming out of the room looking like this. This is terrible. We'll never show each other when the outfit looks awful. Will we? You know I'm right. You know. And can I just say something about dressing rooms? This total side note. Have we not come far enough in our world to have good lights? Like why is it in this day and age that the lights in the dressing room are terrible? I, I remember I went to the loft one time to buy an outfit. I had just had a baby and my husband was like, let's get you an outfit for Easter or something. It must not have been Easter because I don't have any babies by Easter for something. And the lighting was amazing. Like it was fantastic. The only time I've ever gone in a dressing room and the lighting has been good. Why is this not taken care of by now? It must be a man who made the lights for the dressing room because they didn't think about that women for their insecurities need some good lighting. Uh, I've been in a restaurant with my friends (laughs) and I'll be like, I really can't order what I want because I'm gonna look like a pig. Yeah, they're gonna think that uh, uh, she ordered that. Now, I like to go with my friend Tammy because we'll get nachos together. We will. We'll look at each other and we're like, nachos it is. Let's go. We we will take one for the team. The rest of y'all got your salad. We've got our nachos. But <laughs> um, even when we go out with a couple, sometimes I'll be like, if it was just Paul and I, oh, the things I would order. But since I'm with this couple, uh, I'm just going to scale back a little bit. Insecurity comes a lot of times um, from people's opinions or the things that have happened in our life that have left a stamp of insecurity on us. Um, I remember shopping with some friends and um, I wasn't feeling really secure about myself. I think I had gained a little bit of weight that darn scale again. And um I went in with a pair of jeans and I tried them on. And I was like, I think they might be a little tight, but you know, I'll ask my friends, you know, see what they think. And so I went out and my friend was standing there and I said, Hey, do you, what do you think? And she was like, Oh, I think they look great. I think you should get them. And I was like, okay. Oh, I'm like, I was in, uh, inflated, right? Yeah. Where you grow inflated. Like, okay. All right. This is good. Well, not a week later, my husband walked in from having breakfast with her husband and says to me, so those jeans you bought, are they a little tight? And I was like, 
what you talking about? <laughs> he was like, yeah, she, your friend told her husband that, you know, those jeans were tight and you probably shouldn't wear them. And, you know, and I literally just, first of all, I was so embarrassed that her husband knew about it. And secondly, like I felt, I was like, so I am that. That's, so basically what that did was anytime afterwards that I would try on clothes, I would just look at myself and see a fat person. That's the stamp of insecurity that was left on me from that situation that had happened. So maybe for you, you can totally resonate with that feeling of like there was a situation that happened that really played into an insecurity that you had. I want to take some time now that we've established what insecurity kind of looks like, mainly from my perspective, but I'm sure you've been able to think of your own situations. Um, I want to dive into God's word on this topic because I think that this is a crucial part of this, of discussing insecurity. And um, the story of David and Goliath makes reference to when David comes to the battlefield, um, he was so offended how Goliath was coming against God's people. And uh, it says in 1 Samuel 17, 26, David, this is David speaking. He says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Now, David is, so he's offended by Goliath, Goliath's insults. And because it was basically making the Israelites who are God's people. Okay. This is God's people. The Israelites are being terrified and dismayed by Goliath. And David could see in an instant from the moment he got there that Goliath was in direct defiance to who God was. I have a question for you. Isn't insecurity a direct defiance of who God is? The definition of an insecure person is someone who extremely lacks self-confidence. They don't know their worth. They dislike their physical appearance and they never feel good enough. Now think about that for a minute with me. Just take that in, what an insecure person is. So isn't lacking self-confidence, not knowing our worth, disliking ourselves and not feeling good enough, isn't that against who God says that we are? Isn't that in direct defiance? Hmm. You can say that. Hmm. <laughs> Take it in for a second. Because sometimes our perspective is so screwed up that we totally cannot see what we're allowing in our lives. See, the Israelites did not understand the, the amount that by allowing Goliath to continue to berate them, they were becoming dismayed and terrified and they weren't fighting against him. But David immediately saw what was going on. And he was like, who is this? This is in defiance to my God. Your insecurity, my insecurity is in direct defiance 
to who God says we are. I want to share one of my aha moments with you. And I had many aha moments um, with insecurity and how God broke that in me. I can definitely say I slayed that giant in my life and I share that in my Mother's Day message. But um, sometimes insecurity can still dwell up, you know, like feeling insecure. And sometimes I need to go back and remind myself of this. But one of my aha moments came from the Word of God, which, surprise, surprise, I mean, the Word of God is amazing. And I've talked to you guys about that. And I hope the more you listen to these podcasts, you fall in love with it and you draw from it and you just take it all in. And so here's my aha moment. In Isaiah 45 verse 9, I want to talk about this. And I have this underlined. I am always telling you underline things (laughs) because it's important. Now I want to set up the scripture a little bit for you. Um, So this is King David talking again, and he calls himself uh, pot shards, which that is pieces of broken pottery because he feels worthless. So David had insecurity issues. He felt worthless. And so he calls himself broken pottery. So just so you know what pot shards are, um, pot shard, I don't know if that's exactly how you say it, but we're going to go with that. And in verse 9, it says, woe to him who quarrels with his maker. Er, let's just hold the phone. Let's just do a little stop here. Did you did you hear that? Are you, or maybe you're reading it. Underline it. Woe to him who quarrels with his maker. Uh, let's pay attention to that. To him who is but a potsherd among the potsherds on the ground. David's saying... I am a broken pottery among the broken pottery. His worth, how he feels worthless is coming out. Like he feels completely worthless. Then let's go to the next scripture. This this was my aha moment, people. Hopefully for you, it's an aha moment. Does the clay say to the potter, what are you making? Does your work say he has no hands? Woe to him who says to his father, what have you begotten? Or to his mother, what have you brought to birth? This is what the Lord says, the Holy One of Israel and its maker concerning things to come. Do you question me about my children or give me order about orders about the works of my hands? It is I who made the earth and created mankind upon it. Okay, we're going to stop there. Whoo. That's that's some good stuff, people. Some really, really good stuff. See, when we tear ourselves apart, basically what we're doing, I mean, what it's saying in this scripture is, so we're, we're the clay the, and God is the workmanship. He's the one who's creating us, right? So he's the potter, we're the clay. And he's crafted us and he's molded us for his purposes. And he's like each thing about us, he's taken the time to make and create. So when we pick ourselves apart, basically what we're doing is we're looking at our creator and we're saying, you did a crappy job with me. Now I know some of you just want, oh, 
Did she just say that? Yes, I just said that. You know why? Because it's true. See, when you look at a picture of yourself or you're looking at the mirror, just don't look at the the mirrors at the bad lights, okay? I'm just saying it's your home in the mirror. You look at yourself daily or you look at the number on the scale or you look at whatever. When you begin to pick apart who you are, you're looking at God and you're insulting him and his design of us. We know we're all created differently. Just like every snowflake is different, every single human being is different and was created with intent and with design. So when you begin to pull it apart, you're looking at him and saying, you're insulting him. You're questioning the authenticity. I cannot say that word. Authenticity. Oh, please help me. Authenticity. Oh, I can't say it. Whatever. You know what word I'm saying. Authenticity of the work of his hands. Come on. Let that sink in for a second. I realized every time I put myself down, I was insulting my God, my creator, my designer. Ugh. I mean, just take that in. Put, see it in a new way. Instead of just saying, this is about me, this is my insecurity, this is how I see myself, you need to be aware that when you do that, you're really insulting the one who created you, that he didn't do a good enough job, that he didn't care about you when he made you a certain way, that he didn't put thought or design into his creation. You're picking apart God's masterpiece, which is you. It's me. It's all of us. Ah. <sighs> I want to share one of my favorite verses. And I'm going to have this tattooed on my arm because it's my favorite. And I might get emotional because I can't read this verse without getting emotional. But it's in Psalm 139 verses 13 through 14. It says, for you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Here we go. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Instead of insulting him, when I read that verse, it hit me square between the eyes, and I was like, I'm not, I can't be insulting him anymore. I'm going to turn my insulting into praising him for how he has created me. See, I began to speak truth and life through his word. His word is life, people. If you haven't gotten that yet, get it through your thick head, (coughs) thick skull, whatever the word is. It's life. Draw from it. That's what it's there for. It's there to speak the truth to us. And the truth is you have been fearfully and wonderfully made. But I have a part in that. My part is instead of insulting and standing at 
at the feet of the creator and saying, why didn't you make me like this? Or I don't like this, or you messed up, or you did a crappy job, or all of these things. We need to stand at the feet of him and say, I praise you because you have fearfully and wonderfully made me. Friends, stand in front of your mirror and begin to thank him for something. Even if you got to start out small and be like, you know what? The color of my eyes is rocking. Yes, it is. Pretty swell eyes. My eyebrows on point. Man, these babies, like I don't got to pluck them or nothing. Some of us got to pluck, like pluckity, pluckity, pluck. Some of us got to do that. Or maybe you're like, you know what? My fingernails, when I paint these babies, they're a shining, shining bright like a diamond. Or maybe your hair, the day your hair is on point, you just be like, girl, you got going on that hair. If the scale is coming against you, you just rebuke it in the name of Jesus and throw it out the window. Give it to your husband and say, hi, this baby. This baby ain't doing me no good because I got curves and I got them all day long. And I just going to rock these curves, right? Because I'm going to praise you for how you've made me. And when the enemy comes and he comes often and has got some to say, you're going to look at him in the face and say, no, these eyes are on point. My creator made them and they're pretty special because they're mine. Yes, these stretch marks are delightful because it birthed children. Yes, this or yes, that's begin to just speak life over your body. And if you can't find something, just close your eyes and say, I'm going to, I'm going to choose to praise my creator because he obviously, it says that he said it was good. You are good, my friend. You are good. So take it in. Look at yourself. Say, you are good, honey. You are fine. You are special. You are from the creator who took thought and time to process and make you. And he didn't, you know, God could have totally done a cookie cutter nation of people, but he didn't. No, he did not. And you have to remember that when you insult yourself, you are insulting God. And my friend, when I realized that that's what I was doing every time I picked myself apart. Pers- I It was an aha moment. I was like, no, I cannot insult my God. That just was a, a breaking point for me. And when it pops its head up, which it does, I can't say I'm always secure. But when it does, my girls can even tell you this. When they get insecure, I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> Just ask them. You know, I just have to remind myself, I am fear. That's why I'm having tattooed on my arm. I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and I'm going to praise you for it, God. I'm going to praise you for it. Friends, I just want to pray over you. I, I just 
So you can just take it in because I know like if we were in person, if I was talking to you about your insecurities in person, I would just wrap my arms around you and I would pray for you. So I just want you to envision that I'm wrapping my arms around you and praying a blessing over your heart and your mind on this topic. Father, we come before you and Lord, we're going to choose to praise you. Praise you for how you have fearfully and wonderfully made us. God, I am sure when we put ourselves down, that must hurt your heart. When I hear my kids put themselves down, it hurts my heart. How much more do we hurt your heart? When we pick apart the things we don't like about ourselves or that we feel insecure about, how much that must hurt your heart because you say that we are made in your image and you are perfect, oh God. We're far from perfect, but but because of your blood and your love for us, you call us your sons and your daughters and we're made in your image. So we're pretty special. I pray over the mind of any woman who fights this battle. God, that she would see herself as you see them. God, that you would just pour over your love, that you would begin to use your word to fight over her mind and see herself in the image of her God and to know that you handcrafted her. Every part of her is unique to her and it's special. So instead of hating it to embrace it and to love herself and know that you love her, you care for her, and she is so special to you. We love you, God. Help us to look in those mirrors and see how you see us and with eyes that love ourselves because you love us. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Uh, I hope you felt my hug and I hope that this will bring a shift in your thinking that you will see yourself differently. And thanks for diving in with me today. Love ya.